0: from a secure concrete bunker somewhere in Ohio, New Thought Media Network presents Pastor Michael Mangus with Friday's Fireside Chat. Spiritual conversation for today. Here he is from the secret radio room, surrounded by thousands of lots, Pastor Michael Mangus. Thank you very much. That's Jay Silver's professional voice talent. Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome for our first (laughs) Friday evening fireside chat here across the nation and around the world on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Pastor Michael Mangus. Really good to have you with us this evening. And we're so glad to be back on. We were on through another CSL not too long ago, but uh, again, uh, We've been radio silent, but I'll tell you about that here in a few moments. If you would like to comment, uh, please feel free to do so. There's uh, comments, I think, down here or over there, somewhere. There. Okay. (laughs) They'll be more than happy uh, to go ahead and take your comments. Again, just go ahead and write them in. Again, uh, thank you to Reverend Robert and also Diego for helping this evening produce our program. So why is it called the Fireside Chat? Well, again, when I first started to do broadcasts like this on Facebook, it was because it was the beginning of March and COVID-19 suddenly hit and that I had to figure out quickly how could I put together a program that was not only entertaining but also gave some spiritual support. So that's where this whole idea of the fireside chat came up. Again, uh, the whole idea of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt taking people aside, having their radio on, having the fire going, and listening to comforting words. And so hopefully that we can do that this evening with this. So quickly here, why am I not in Pittsburgh? For those of you who have joined us here before, uh, well, uh, citing financial reasons, they let me go at the end of June. And now I am back in Ohio in my concrete bunker. Not really, I'm in a beautiful home (laughs) with windows and just doing just great. And I wish really everyone in Pittsburgh well. The community did give me a wonderful. Very generous financial package, including all this podcasting equipment. And I thought, wow, that's really nice of them to do that. But again, nothing but blessings to all of them in Pittsburgh. I want to talk about this not because it had to deal with Pittsburgh, but because it deals with all of us who are of a spiritual bent or in new thought. Were there complaints about the program? The answer was yes. Again, they said, well, I shouldn't mention the numbers, the COVID-19 numbers, because that's what I led the show off with every single week. As I said, the number of people who were afflicted and also the number of people who died. I shouldn't talk about controversial subjects (laughs) like COVID-19 and also racial inequality. I should just teach the science of mind. And and they should never have done this. The suggestion was to have more interviews and less of me. I said, no problem. So my last program was with the Reverend Dr. Charlotte Manning, who just happens to be the second vice chair of the NAACP in Washington, D.C., a longtime friend, 20-year New Thought Minister. And we talked about racial inequality. And that was my last show in Pittsburgh. And Reverend Robert can put the link underneath to that show, if he would like. However, even though it was my last show in Pittsburgh, it was my audition tape to get onto this platform. So I was very grateful to Reverend Robert and all the nice people at New Thought Media Network for helping me put together this brand new fireside chat for Friday evenings. So again, thank you so very much. I mentioned what I mentioned, not to blame anyone, all right? There's no one to blame here. What I want to point out is that we're in very challenging times here. And I mentioned situations, for example, like COVID-19. Not to focus on them. But to make us all aware, there's a big difference. And I was working today on show prep. I had from the last few months of fireside chats, I had about that much of show prep. There was a little bit about COVID nineteen. There was a little bit about uh, the again the racial inequality, but there was more on spiritual answers, spiritual solutions to what we're facing now. And again, Ernest Holmes says that we do not deny the problem, but we deny the permanence. And I think that there's a difference in that. So the Fireside Chats will continue in that vein, again, to keep us aware, not in fear, and to also offer spiritual solutions. The world needs us now. Do you realize that? The world needs you now. If you're watching this program, the world needs you now to shine your light. This whole world seems dark. It seems filled with chaos. However, if you've studied a little bit about chaos theory, you know that there's an implicit order in the chaos. So out of that chaos can come order. The challenge here with COVID-19, with the racial discussion that we're having with the the fires that we've had in not only Colorado, but also in California, the hurricane that we just had, Category 4 hurricane, we're going through a very difficult stage here. However, I want to assure you here that this too shall pass. This too shall pass. This will go away. And there will be a new normal. What that normal is, we don't know yet. But this is a time of change and growth if we allow it. And as I said on previous broadcasts, I said that either we can let this time either bless us Or burn us. We pick. We pick. So I really, again, I really encourage all of us here to let this time be one of growth and expansion and blessing to all. We in new thought and spiritual teachings can lead the way. So if I say something that's uncomfortable, I ask that you process it and ask, why does it make me feel uncomfortable? Just ask, ask yourself that. Because when you do that, what happens is that you grow. What are you using this time for? Are you using it again to make excuses? Or are you using it time to, again, to get ready? Get ready for again what's going to come after, which is really, really good. And also enjoying the present moment, too. Okay? All right? All right. And I'd like to remind you again that this is the Friday evening fireside chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Pastor Michael Mangus. Really good to have you aboard on our first show here. I'm really glad to see everyone out there tonight. I'm going to briefly mention the COVID-19 numbers tonight. And again, this is just to make us aware. The last time I mentioned these numbers was in June. And it was June 19th, which was my last broadcast. And we had just gotten over 100,000 COVID deaths. Just recently just went over that. As of today, from the Centers for Disease Control, our total number of cases, 5,845,876. Our total number of deaths is now 180,165. And the cases here in the last seven days are 294,083. So many issues have come up including the opening of schools. And many of them had to shut down again because, again, that they had a COVID outbreak. There were also large gatherings that did not practice any kind of social distancing. And there's still challenges of, uh, of accurate testing. And I will, again, this is not to bring up political subjects, but our governor here in Ohio, Mike DeWine, Tested positive on a quick test before meeting the president. And he didn't meet the president. And then in a full-blown test, then he tested negative. So again, what can we do as spiritually aware people? What can we do to to be a blessing, to be blessed during this time? Number one is this. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. All three of those measures work. They all work. And the reason that we've had uptick here in Ohio in our rural areas is because of that. It's because people are not wearing masks. They're not social distancing. Please take this seriously. We are still not out of this. And it's probably not going to be until, again, they come up with a workable vaccine and looking at a timeline of probably spring or either, or maybe even summer of next year. So, again, that's the most spiritual thing you can do. Most spiritual. Wear a mask. Wash your hands 20 seconds. I know myself getting a little lax about that. So I've had to kind of remind myself of that and practice social distancing. All three of those things work. They still work. When you are healthy, you keep everyone healthy. When you are healthy, you keep everyone healthy. My second point is here is know spiritually that there is a solution. We know that there is a day coming in which. We won't have to wear masks, in which we are all healthy, in which that we can all celebrate Christmas and Easter and go to picnic safely and go back to church. Now, I know of maybe one or two congregations in CSL that are meeting now. Again, they are meeting safely. Most everyone is meeting online because of your space requirements and what is needed right now to be safe. So most communities are meeting that way now. The other thing too is this, and I offer this to people who call me up with anxiety issues about what's going on or overwhelm. Please limit your news watching. Half an hour, an hour a day, Do not do it before bedtime. Spend that time before bedtime reading a good book, listening to some good music, so that you carry that over into your sleep time. The third practice I'd like to recommend this evening is this. Practice and show love to everyone. But Michael, you don't understand. My neighbor across the street (laughs) doesn't wear masks. You don't understand that when I go to the grocery store, that there are some people that do not wear masks. They don't social distance, fine. Still treat them with love and compassion. We're all in this together. Can we understand that? We're all in this together when we show mercy and compassion to other people. Again, we're all one. We're all one. Another thing I'd like to recommend this evening is this, and again, these are just suggestions. Contribute to food banks and also relief funds. I remember when I was over in the community in Pittsburgh, that we did designate money to go to the local Pittsburgh food bank and also to the local chapter of the Salvation Army, of which I knew the superintendent over there. We need to do more than pray here. Not just pray. Send money. Hurricane Laura again did oh my goodness i mean if you take a look at the news uh, the devastation from a category 4 120 mile an hour winds so if we can assist them lovingly through our donations if you can i think that that would be a a, a really a wonderful spiritual thing to do Moving on now, we'll talk a little bit now about the issue of racial inequality. To the list of names of Ahmed Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Richard Brooks. Unfortunately, we add another one. And that other one is Anthony Huber of Kenosha. Wisconsin, who was shot seven times in the back. We've all probably have seen the the video of that. We also remember this evening the three protesters who were shot, the two who were killed, while protesting the shootings by a 17-year-old young man who was driven there by his mother with an AR-15 type rifle. And now he's facing life in prison. All of this has to come to an end. How does it do that? It does that by us, again, uniting our voices and saying to our Brothers and sisters of color, we will stand up with you. We will use our privilege. We will use our white privilege to help, to assist. No more staying quiet here. All of this is coming up for healing here. This is a wonderful opportunity for follow-through here. We have a wonderful social movement going on here. I know it's rough out there. I know that many of you have lost employment. But I really know that somehow or another we're all gonna get through this here. We're all gonna get through this here if if we practice our wonderful teachings the science of mind and spirit, if we again change our thinking, shift our thinking, and also that we really do love our enemies or the people who are against us and pray for those people who do persecute us. As an example of that, I'd like to read just a few things from an article that I read from the New York Times. This was August the 11th. It says, for doctors of color, microaggressions are all too familiar. And the quote is, they ask you if you're coming in to take the trash out stuff that they would never ask a physician who was a white male. Now, just listen to this here with a broader concept of what we're talking about here. When Dr. Onyenka Otuna or, or Tungo was doing her training in emergency medicine. I apologize for messing that up, but when she was doing her training in Chicago and also in Cleveland, she was often mistaken for a janitor or food service worker, even after introducing herself as a doctor. Understand that most physicians also have it embroidered on their coat, too, and they also have a pass that says that they are an M.D. She continues, she says she realized early on that her white male counterparts were not experiencing similar mix-ups. People ask me several times if the doctor is coming in, which can be frustrating. The good doctor, who is now an emergency medical doctor and health policy fellow at the... Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. They're asking if you're coming to take the trash out, stuff that they would never ask a physician to do. After years of training, I'm reading from a New York Times article called, "For doctors of color microaggressions are all too familiar. It says, after years of training in predominantly white emergency departments, and I'm going to try to pronounce her name right, Dr. Oh, o go okay experience many such microaggressions the term coined by in 1970s by dr chester pierce who is a psychiatrist refers to subtle stunning and often automatic and nonverbal exchanges which are put downs of black people and members of other minority groups micro refers to their frequent their routine frequency and not the scale of impact. Dr. Otugo says that the encounter sometimes made her wonder whether she was qualified and a competent medical practitioner because others did not see it her way. And I'll skip down here a little bit. It says the field of medicine has long skewed white and male. Only 5% of the American physician workforce is African-American and roughly 2% are black women. Emergency medicine is even more predominantly white, with just 3% of the physicians identifying as black. The pipeline is also a part of the problem problem at American medical schools. Just 7% of the student population is now black. And it says here, but for black female physicians, making it into a field is only the first of many challenges. More than a dozen, more than a dozen, listen to this, more than a dozen black women interviewed said that frequently they've heard comments from colleagues and patients questioning their credibility and undermining their authority while on the job. And these experiences damage their sense of confidence and sometimes hamper teamwork and they said created tensions that cost precious time during emergency procedures. Some physicians, they said, found microaggressions particularly frustrating, knowing that as black doctors, they brought an invaluable perspective to the care that they offer. A 2018 study shows that black patients had improved outcomes when seen by black doctors and were more likely to agree to preventative care measures like diabetes screening and cholesterol testing. I'm going to skip around here, but it says here in this, and this is one of the reasons that I pulled up this article. It says in May, four female physicians of color published a paper in the annals of emergency medicine on microaggressions. The four authors, said that they hoped by shining a spotlight on the problem, they may reduce the sense of isolation that black female physicians experience and compel their white colleagues to take specific steps toward eliminating conscious and unconscious bias. If you'd like to read the rest of the article, again, it's the August 11th edition of the New York Times and the Article is entitled, For Doctors of Color, Microaggressions Are All Too Familiar. All of this has been going on for years. Years. Can we all call for a stop to it? Can we all support our brothers and sisters, no matter what their color, no matter what their race, can we love them? Can we stand up for them? So again, how do we heal this? And I think that, again, Centers for Spiritual Living has led the way as far as suggesting that we need to start thinking about a world that works for everyone. We also need to start searching inside of us for any type of racism, any type of bias towards race, creed, or color. And ask the Holy Spirit within us to remove that. I remember, and uh, probably we have new viewers this evening, so thank you for joining us. I remember in a Holmes Institute class recently, I was confronted with a mistaken idea that I had for years. It was a diversity class, inclusivity. I had the mistaken idea that my black brothers and sisters were on the same playing field as me, that they were treated the same as me. My instructor said, no. Here's a couple of books you need to read. (laughs) And they have lots of studies on that too. All I'm saying is this. We need to come from a place of love now. And again, that anyone who says that we should not be involved in social issues does not know the history of new thought. Our movement was born out of the suffragette movement, the workers' movement. Emma Curtis Hopkins was, she when she had her display at the Chicago World's Fair, it was not in the religion section. It was in the women's section. Same thing with Wallace Waddles, who was a candidate for Senate for the Socialist Party and highly involved in the labor movement. And we are to use our consciousness, again, to see things differently, to see a world that works for everyone. The other thing, too, that I think that we can do is this. We can educate ourselves about inclusion. And then I remember... Dr. Charlotte Manning's comment a few weeks ago, which said that she has studied white folk for 67 years. And she says, it's about time that maybe that you should start studying us. There's plenty of books out there. We need to understand that the racism may not be so overt but a lot of it's still covert. Again, like I was saying, with the microaggressions. The other thing, too, is we need to speak up for justice. Black lives matter, period. And This has been the official statement from Centers for Spiritual Living. Again, I do not speak for them as a whole, but I agree with the platforms that they have put out We need to continue putting pressure on everyone, on our elected officials. We need to be in the streets if you are so called. Again, do it peacefully. Do it peacefully. This is a time for change, and we can be a part of that change too. Again, a reminder what this program is this evening you've turned in, tuned into on Facebook. This is the Friday evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Pastor Michael Mangus. And there have been questions. Again, I've been kind of radio silent here for the past couple of months. There's been questions I've received on my Facebook page. What am I doing now? <laughs> so I'll let you know. I am helping and attending now at the Summit CSL Teaching Chapter in Akron, Ohio. You can go on their website on summitcsl.org, that's summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, C-S-L dot O-R-G, and you can get all kinds of information about their wonderful Sunday service, It's also streamed on Zoom and also on Facebook Live. The service is absolutely wonderful. Their spiritual director, Diana Mangus, has been doing a wonderful job there. And again, last Sunday was off the charts. Tim Morrow from California sang, and we had a wonderful talk on joy. So we're going to continue that discussion on joy this week as one of the seven or eight spiritual Aspects is taught by Drs. Ernest Holmes and also Judge Thomas Troward. They have a great service. Please join in if you don't have a home community. Uh, it's 1030 Eastern. For those folks on the left coast, that's 730 in the morning. <laughs> so grab your cup of coffee and join us. It's really just a wonderful time. The other thing too is if you would like to connect with me, I do have an email address. It's Pastor Michael Mangus at gmail.com, Pastor Michael Mangus at gmail.com. And I'm also doing a limited amount of practitioner sessions also. So if you would like me to not only pray with you, but also to work with you, again, all you need to do is, again, go to Pastor Michael Mangus at gmail.com. And I'll give you more information about that. I'm also available to guest speak. Zoom is absolutely wonderful. Dr. Manning was telling me, she said, she says, I can do this every week. You have to understand that Charlotte Manning would get in her car. (laughs) Drive from Washington, D.C. to Akron, Ohio. Not even blink an eyelash about it to come and speak for me, but she's saying it's so nice to just be able to just you, you know, you don't want to use pajama bottoms, but you know, you can <laughs> dress up on the waist up where the camera's shooting you. But she says that the whole idea is again, that I can, and same thing here. I can be anywhere here. So again, um, The email address, again, pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com. Again, please get a hold of me. My plans here are to complete Holmes Institute, of which I have, after this semester, four more classes, and then I have senior exams, and also to go ahead and to apply for licensure. Uh, I am ordained in another organization. That's why the term pastor is there. But... Again, it's always been the dream, again, to be certified by the organization that I have spent many, many years in, and that Centers for Spiritual Living. I'm going to continue my show here on the wonderful New Thought Media Networks every Friday evening. Uh, Also, uh, Reverend Robert and I, maybe I shouldn't tell this, but okay, just our little secret. He may let, Let me host some music programs. Okay. Like DJ. <laughs> that's our little secret. Okay. Don't tell Reverend Robert. All right. Um, but my plans are to continue being a shining light and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue shining my light to the whole world. You know, and I, I was thinking about this last week. Akron, Ohio of where this, broadcast is coming from, is a wonderful spiritual place filled with a lot of history. For those of you who are in the 12-step programs, you know that Alcoholics Anonymous was founded here in 1935. Also, there were several worldwide ministries that had their start here in Akron. And one of the things I think a lot, and I didn't realize this until probably about three or four months ago, Have you ever read a book called The Impersonal Life? The Impersonal Life. That was one of the first books that I read when I started attending the Science Mind Study Group back in the 80s here in Akron. It was written by Anonymous, (laughs) that world-famous author. His name was Joseph Benner. Mr. Benner was a very successful businessman here in Akron. He was on the boards of many banks. And then something started to want to speak through him. Some people say it was Jesus. No, it was the Christ. It was the Christ consciousness as Joseph Benner wanting to speak to the world. If you've never read The Impersonal Life, please do so. You can get it on any of the platforms, any of the ebooks for like 99 cents. You can get it on Kindle. I've, I have one on Kindle and I have one on my Nook. <laughs> so I can switch back and forth. But again, Joseph Benner's book, The Impersonal Life. But he spent his life here in Akron, letting his light shine. And his light is still shining again around the world. The book, The Impersonal Life, was one of the books that influenced Elvis Presley. So, and he's buried right here in Akron at uh, Glendale Cemetery. Just to kind of give you a uh, Heads up about where this broadcast is coming from this evening. And again, if you've tuned in, hi there. This is the Friday evening Fireside Chat here on New Thought Media Network. I'm Pastor Michael Mangus, and we are talking this evening about different topics to help us thrive through this time of seeming chaos. And one of the things, and again, I'm not going to go through the whole article. You can go on, the website is spiritualawakeningprocess.com, spiritualawakeningprocess.com. But it talked about, and I'm not going to read the whole article, but it talked about maintaining your spiritual practices during hard times. It says here that life doesn't ever stop being life. It means that there's easy moments and challenging moments for us all. It doesn't matter how clear and free of ego you are. Dealing with tuberculosis or cancer is a challenging set of moments for any human being. And that is why regular spiritual practice is so crucial. Your practice helps to take care of your heart, your mind, your body, and your spirit when you need it the most. It is during difficult times that we need to be open-hearted, open our hearts to love, clear of mind, and at ease in our bodies the best that we know how. And again, there's a lot of different things here. The whole idea of, again, of hearing the bad news and coming from a place of spiritual practice. Three important spiritual practices that they're saying from this article is, number one, yoga, aligning your body even walking around the block mindfully is a spiritual practice doing any type of Tai Chi or yoga. And I took a class recently from Holmes Institute called spirituality, spirituality and the brain, the whole idea, and this is peer reviewed studies that show that slow movement like yoga, like Tai Chi, any type of slow movement done deliberately helps increase your cognitive function. And again, it's all peer-reviewed stuff on that. So There is (laughs) plenty of science on the whole practice of yoga or some type of slow spiritual movement. The other practice recommended is, again, meditation, retraining the mind. And again, it can be as simple as, again, just breathing in and out. There's all kinds of videos and also training on YouTube about meditation. But do something every day for at least 20 minutes. It will change your life. It has mine. I don't know what I would do without daily spiritual practice. It has really revolutionized my life. And it's not that hard to do. Again, go on YouTube, ask your minister or your practitioners at your local center for spiritual living to teach you a simple meditation that you can just start doing. You cannot meditate wrong. Right. And the third thing that they recommended is keep breathing. (laughs) That's the key is breathe. Notice that. And I noticed this too, is that sometimes is that, when I'm worried, when my thinking is on overdrive, that what happens is that I don't breathe. Many times when I'm doing sessions with clients, that I will notice that they're not breathing. And I encourage them to breathe. Please breathe. And again, uh, I'm getting reminded by my uh uh, producers here. It says join us on Wednesday evenings here on New Thought Media Network for meditation. Well, at seven a.m. for meditation on Wednesdays. We have all kinds of things here, including classes. That again, please take advantage of them. But the whole point of the uh, the article was this: carve time out for spiritual practice. Just carve out time and just do it. Just do it. And again, there's all kinds of instruction here on New Thought Media Network. There's also all kinds of instruction on YouTube. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. it. I wanted to read this because that I And I've read this on previous broadcasts. A wonderful quote from Reverend Dr. David Alexander, who is the spiritual director of Spiritual Living Atlanta. He said that the New Thought Movement should not miss the moment that is before it. For a spiritual theology, That dares to proclaim a radically inclusive spiritual equality must stand up, must stand up and speak up in a nation and a world where basic human rights are denied any of its people. Stand up, speak out. The days of being quiet, are over. We need, again, we're not putting, people say, well, you're putting energy towards the problem, Michael. No, you're not. What you're doing is you're you're putting energy also towards the solution by doing that. David Alexander goes on, he says, speak up in a nation and a world where basic human rights are denied any of its people. Failure to do so. Failure to do so is a spiritual malfeasance and theologically bankrupt. And it's behavior that fails to live up to the principle of oneness that it claims to promote. This is our time. This is our season. The world is looking towards us as spiritually aware people to speak up, speak out, to use our consciousness, our collective consciousness, to see a world that works for everyone. This is not time to shy away. This is not time to put your light in a bushel basket. You are an extremely powerful individual. The God essence is within you. That's not only from Christianity. That's from all the isms. When are we going to believe that? And when are we going to be empowered enough to speak up? Well, Michael, I'm afraid. Well, again, put your (laughs) afraid on and still do it. It's tough. Some may not like you. (laughs) But when we come from a heart of love, when we come from that light that's within us, the world will change, but it needs each and every one of us here Not only in the New Thought movement, but from all the different denominations, from Unity, our own Centers for Spiritual Living, Divine Science, all the independent churches out there and centers. And we're also moving into a time of change here. We're kind of in the in-between stage. I was reading about this in a wonderful book. It's called Will and Spirit by Gerald May, who was a practicing psychiatrist in Washington, D.C., and he was also part of a contemplative Christian community there. What he was saying that, Dr. May was saying, is that we need to be comfortable in the in-between time that we need to have that same trust that somehow or another, even though that we're in between, that that in between is not, it's our life. And it's not to be denied. And to be comfortable with being in the in between. Because what will happen is this, after we get out, after we come again to a place where, again, all of this is building up to, we can look back and we can say that was a good time because we were able to stay present. We were able to build our spiritual practice 2020 was a very good year for me somehow. Thank you, Reverend Dr. David Alexander. One of my favorite books by Dr. Ernest Holmes is This Thing Called You. And the reminder this week from Dr. Holmes is this. He says, work with your consciousness until it ceases to function on the level of the problem and begins to function on the level of the answer. I'll repeat that again here. Work with your consciousness until it ceases to function on the level of the problem and begins to function on the level of the answer. Dr. Holmes continues. He says, it's mathematically certain that your problem will be solved if you do this. You may not find this the easiest thing in the world to do, but even though it may be difficult at times, you must never, must never, Must never permit yourself to become discouraged. The reward is certain. Ernest Holmes from a wonderful book called This Thing Called You. If you've never read that book, please go pick it up. It's a wonderful book. Again, good evening to everyone. We're almost toward the end of the show of our First Shakedown Cruise here on the Friday evening fireside chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Pastor Michael Mangus, broadcasting live in this evening from Akron, Ohio. And if you'd like more information about the community that I'm now associated with, which is Summit Center for Spiritual Living, again, all you need to do is to go on its website, summitcsl.org. We have plenty of wonderful activities during the week online. Uh, more likely is uh, I know for uh, the Akron community, more likely is they're not going to go back to in-person services for quite some time, but it's a wonderful community online. The service is absolutely wonderful. So if you'd like more information, go on summit.csl.org. You know, it will give you more zoom information. Also, if you go on summit spiritual center of Akron on the Facebook page, we still haven't gotten that <laughs> switched over yet, but that'll give you a lot more information about the community. Again, it's a wonderful community that does reach the world from here. Lesses people. Again, we've had people in our service from Alaska. We've had people in our service from California. And again, we would love to have you in. Again, it's at 1030 Eastern on Sunday mornings. We would love to have you join us. Okay, so when I was getting complaints in Pittsburgh about the show, it was interesting because I thought that I would get complaints about this part of the program. But I didn't. And that part of the program is the jokes. (laughs) We used to have an 11-year-old watch my weekly program. And so what I would do is I would go ahead and I would give her material so that she could share with her friends during the week. (laughs) Dad, mom-type jokes. Are you ready? (laughs) So here are the jokes of the week. Would you like to hear a construction joke? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still working on it. (laughs) How does the man on the moon cut his hair? How does the man on the moon cut his hair? Eclipse sits. Eclipse it. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? Because it was too tired. (laughs) All right. Enough suffering. One more. What rock group has four men and doesn't sing? What rock group has four men and doesn't sing? Give up Mount Rushmore. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) One thing I forgot this evening to announce is that New Thought Media Networks really does need your help. If you are blessed by this ministry, by the different programs that are on, the morning and evening prayer, the prayer ministry that we have, please support us. You can do that on PayPal. Just go on. I, Reverend Robert will put a link to that. Please help us. We have all kinds of things that are planned here for the near future and beyond. A lot of things, of which Reverend Robert has pledged me to secrecy. (laughs) And we're going to need your help. This is our time. This is our season. And one of the things, unfortunately, that has happened over the years has been that we, in new thought, have not mastered this thing called media. Well, now, because of the internet and also because of how micronized things are. I mean, uh, the equipment that I'm using this evening would have taken up a lot more space than it does. It's just taking up space on a large kitchen table. But we do need equipment and we do need to be able to do things. So again, please support us. Please support us. Your money is going, again, to get this powerful new thought message to the world. A couple of things, and then we'll close tonight. I had a minister recently ask me an interesting question. And he says, he said, Michael, how is your courage? How is your courage? And I wrote back to him and I said, that's an interesting question. And he said, answer it. (laughs) And I said, well, my courage is fear that has said its prayers. But from Facebook this week, there are, from this one uh, posting, it says, the six types of courage. There's physical courage to keep going with resilience, balance, and awareness. There's social courage to be yourself unapologetically, moral courage to do the right thing even when it's uncomfortable or unpopular. Emotional courage, feeling all of your emotions, positive and negative without guilt or attachment. Intellectual courage to learn, unlearn, and relearn with an open and flexible mind. And spiritual courage to live with purpose and meaning Heart-centered approach toward all of life and oneself. It wasn't that really good. Again, that was an interesting question that he uh, that he posed to me. A couple more things, and then we'll conclude tonight. Again, uh, we will put this on the Facebook page or rebroadcast. If you could please, if this message has touched you this evening, please share it on your Facebook page. Please share all of the programs that you watch and listen to here on the new thought media network, because you are our best advertisers. When they get, when your friends get it from you, then what happens is they, they trust it more. Right. I like this from the CSL Inclusion Committee. It says, love your neighbor who doesn't look like you, doesn't think like you, doesn't love like you, doesn't speak like you, doesn't pray like you, doesn't vote like you. Love your neighbor. No exceptions. I'm going to conclude tonight with something I've read before by the head of our leadership committee for Centers for Spiritual Living, Tracy Brown. You've probably have heard this before, but I want to replay it this evening because I think it has special meaning. Tracy Brown wrote this in May. She says, if this breaks your heart, And this was written with honor and respect to George Floyd. He says, she wrote, if this breaks your heart, break the pattern of the race-based hatred. Break the system that allowed it to be. Break the silence that you have hidden behind for so long. Grieve for the loss of another black man. Grieve for the loss of respect and justice. Grieve for the loss of your own innocence. Grieve and then get back to work. If this breaks your heart, break the pattern of race-based hatred, break the system that allowed it to be, break the silence that you have hidden behind for so long. Speak up for those who are ignored, speak up for the systems that are fair. Speak up as a person who cares about all people. Speak up for the kind of world that you would want to see. If this breaks your heart, break the pattern of the race-based hatred, break the system that allowed it to be, break the silence that you have hidden behind for so long. Demand justice, Demand accountability. Demand respect. Demand self-involvement if this breaks your heart. Break the pattern of race-based hatred. Break the system that allowed it to be. Break the silence that you have hidden behind for so long. Commit yourself to being a voice for change in your own city, in your own neighborhood, in your own family. If this breaks your heart, break the pattern of the race-based hatred. Break the system that allowed it to be. Break the silence that you have hidden behind for so long. Good words to end this evening. And again, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please do so by emailing me at pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com. Would love to continue the conversation. But guess what? It's nine (laughs) o'clock. And it's time for me to go. Join us next week. Tell others about our Friday evening fireside chat. From all of us here in Akron, Ohio and some at CSL, we wish you a wonderful evening.